0: mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices message and data rates may apply bank of america and a member FDIC.
1: when
0: you're a 415er you're
1: You're all about your san francisco 49ers
0: and this is where you need to be for news analysis and and more and more welcome to the 415 hosted by evan Gidding and mark grandy What's going on, everyone? Welcome into another edition of the 415ers podcast. As always brought to you by the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network, 95.7 The Game. It's Evan Giddings. It's Mark Grandy.
1: Mark, my man. Before we get into all the free agency news, how are you? I'm doing all right, Evan. Can't complain. Yeah, free agency now a week away as we record this on a Wednesday evening. You're listening to it on Thursday. So as you're listening, less than a week away. And of course, really, you'll start hearing a lot of news regarding free agency probably Monday of next week, which is when teams and agents can officially start talking. Uh, but a week away now from uh, when players can put pen to paper. So uh, we're really Gearing up. The new NFL calendar year is about to begin. It's it's wild how quickly it's come. So I'm excited for that. How are you doing?
0: I'm okay, Mark. The NFL news, it makes me feel good. I'm glad we finally have some stuff to talk about. But for those of you listening to the beginning of our last episode, obviously know that I'm back on the gambling bandwagon. And I had some tough news fall my way the last time we recorded, Mark. So I specifically stayed away from bets that were being played during our recording uh, because Mm. I lost two bets by a combined two points so i'm currently down to the dumps the minus seven and a half by saint mary's also the plus seven and a half on usf at halftime against gonzaga i don't want to get too deep into it but mark i'm all over the place (laughs) my gambling is introduced to what i like to call at least lady madness and it sounds like the 49ers will be introduced to free agency madness perhaps this upcoming week should Brock Purdy surgery not go well. And that's really what this all hinges on, Mark, is Friday. The the date that we finally have was once was February 22nd is now going to be, as we record this on Wednesday, upcoming on Friday, March 10th, Brock Purdy surgery date. So that I can certainly be happy about.
1: Yeah. And, and that's the big date as, you know, the 49ers try to figure out what their offseason looks like. Um, obviously there are other places that they need to get better at and they need to sign players at. But of course we'd like to focus on quarterbacks. That's the most important position in football, perhaps the most important position in any sport. Um, so a lot of this hinges, a lot of the 49ers plans this off season hinge on Brock Purdy's surgery on Friday. And if they get the unfortunate news that it is Tommy John, that he needs a full reconstruction rather than a repair, which would in all likelihood cost him the entire 2023 season, at the very least the entire 2023 regular season, then the 49ers will approach most likely this offseason differently than if he just gets the run-of-the-mill uh, repair, which you know should have him back without many issues in six months' time. So that's where this kind of hinges, and you will see the Niners offseason, Evan, go in, you know, one of two ways based on the news on Friday. We talked about it at the end of the last episode. Make sure you're ready Friday morning. I'm not sure exactly what time the surgery is going to happen, uh, but make sure you're ready Friday morning because it you, you could potentially, if you're a, a late riser, you don't work super early in the morning, you could maybe wake up to this news potentially if the Niners want to get it done early Friday morning and they are in central timeout in Texas. So so that factors in as well. But be ready then, because that is when this Niners offseason will turn one way or the other, whether it means they won't go after a high profile quarterback or maybe they'll try. It depends the news that they get on Friday with Brock Purdy's elbow.
0: Yeah, and look, that is going to determine where the 49ers go in free agency specifically a quarterback, but of course that affects every single other one of their decisions that they have to make. So the big free agency news this week concerning quarterbacks, or I should say just quarterback news, potentially soon (laughs) to be free agency, uh, is Lamar Jackson in Baltimore. And that was a, I don't want to say unforeseen domino, but with the Aaron Rodgers pre-retirement, Tom Brady, Derek Carr, um, Jimmy Garoppolo, those were kind of, I guess, the most sought-after quarterbacks that were believed to be available. Obviously, Derek Carr's in New Orleans. Jimmy G is still a free agent. Aaron Rodgers is going to have to decide whether he wants to stay in Green Bay or they're going to have to try and finagle a trade. And, of course, Tom Brady, for now, is retired. But Lamar Jackson was placed under the franchise tag this week by Baltimore, which at this point would pay him less money than what Geno Smith just got paid by Seattle. Derek Carr just got paid by New Orleans, and of course, what Daniel Jones just yeah. got paid 160 million <laughs> over four years by the New York Giants. So the non-exclusive free agency tag or franchise tag was placed on Lamar, and that means that he is allowed to negotiate a deal with another team, and the Ravens have five days to match that offer. However, if someone does indeed sign Lamar, and the Ravens choose not to, they would receive first two first round picks back. How does this affect the Niners? Well, of course, if the Niners wanted to negotiate a deal with Lamar, they currently cannot do that because they literally do not have two first round picks immediately to offer Mark. They can, however, try and figure out some sort of sign and trade, which is Bill Barnwell of ESPN laid out is unlikely, but still a possibility the 49ers do have some draft capital that they could move something along the lines of Trey Lance being involved, of course, with any of these trades along with a, let's say a solid piece. I know in the article, Brandon Ayuk was someone that was thrown out along with a future first and future picks that the 49ers could offer before we even get into the logistics of it, Mark, market, whether it work or not, are you open to this or is it something that you're just automatically shutting down?
1: Uh, I mean, the idea of Lamar Jackson on the Forty ers sounds great to me. Uh, if if the Niners can figure out a way to make it work and to ensure that you know they give Nick Bosa every penny that he wants, then why the hell not? I mean, he's an incredible talent. I know it. It hasn't been the greatest last couple of years after he had that insane MVP season, but there's no doubt. I mean, he'd immediately become the most talented 49ers quarterback since what, Steve Young? I mean like it's it, it's incredible. Like, he would make this offense almost unbeatable because they would have so many all-pros everywhere um including at the quarterback position. So in theory, Evan, uh why not? Yeah, of course, uh Lamar Jackson on the 49ers would make the 49ers better. In practice, it it seems very unlikely as you said. Again, not only do they have to be okay with giving up everything that they are willing to give up uh, that that the Ravens would be asking for, um, but they also have to deal with this timeline of the non-exclusive franchise tag, where literally every other team is also involved now, and it's out of the Ravens' hands. Obviously, they could expedite processes and and you know overstep maybe other teams who are molding offers to Lamar Jackson, but it's not like this is a normal trade either where the ravens can just you know tell to the atlanta falcons for example or the indianapolis colts or any other quarterback needy team the the ravens can't just say like no to them it that what happens when you place the non-exclusive franchise tag on a player that's the non-exclusive part you're not he's not just exclusive to the ravens anymore he is available for anyone to talk to and to negotiate a contract. And then it's up to the Ravens. If Lamar accepts a contract offer from a different team to then say yes or no. And if you say no, well, bye-bye Lamar Jackson, he's going to a new team. So there's an extra hurdle and an extra hoop to jump through for the 49ers here. It's not just finding the right package that would make the Ravens happy, but it's also beating out other teams timing wise to get it done which is difficult because right now, as we've talked about already, the Niners are still waiting to hear about Brock Purdy, and they can't really go anywhere in this process until they know what Brock Purdy's elbow is like. So, um, again, in theory, sounds great to me, but in practice, I would not get my hopes up because it seems like a long shot.
0: To me, it seems, and I, I forget which comparison I used for quarterbacks last week. I think it might've been Jimmy Garoppolo, but again, I still, I still come back to Mark. The likelihood of Lamar Jackson being a 49er next year is worse than the likelihood of Tom Brady being a 49er next year. Now, like you said in, in, I mean, in principle, that'd be great. Like I want people to imagine what Trey Lance looked like the first two, one and a quarter games before he got hurt last year. And even going back to his rookie season, the way he was used against Arizona and Houston, it would like Lamar Jackson looks like that, but turned up to a hundred. I think he'd be the perfect place for, for Kyle Shanahan, perfect signal caller for Kyle Shanahan and a perfect placeholder for that quarterback spot. And they would win a ton of games. I just don't think feasibly it's going to happen, especially when you look at the amount of suitors that are lined up, probably for his services. I know Deanna Rossini of ESPN reported that Atlanta, was probably going to be out. I believe the other teams that were kind of referenced Carolina, uh, Washington, even New York has certainly got to do his due diligence for the jets. Uh, so there are other places that are more likely to have his services lined up than, than San Francisco. I also don't necessarily know if Kyle Shanahan is in love with paying top dollar for a quarterback that over the past couple of seasons has been relatively injury prone Of course, based on what we've seen in his own quarterback room, Uh, that's one. So I think the odds are slim, but the idea of it, Mark, is something that I think will be broached based off of Friday. And I mean, it comes down to basically how do the 49ers position themselves for free agency based on if the surgery goes well, which I'm assuming I think you are as well, but also, if the surgery goes wrong, how are they positioning themselves in this quarterback market? Perhaps not for Lamar Jackson, but for someone who can be of impact next season. Should Trey Lance not be all he's hyped up to be this off season and not grab that starting job by the reins? Because if you're not looking at Lamar or Aaron or Brady or you know whoever those, those top guys, then you're looking at Matt Ryan, Andy Dalton, and you know Marcus Mariota, as we've tossed tossed out before.
1: Well, and the other part of this conversation, Evan, and uh, I think it, you know, if the, the way in my mind that you determine if something is worth doing, you have to consider, you know, like what what they call it, you know, in, in economics, the opportunity costs, like what are they missing out on? Like you are getting Lamar Jackson, sure. Or, you know, you're, you're telling yourself that you have the capital to, to make it happen. Um, say it does say you get Lamar Jackson, again, everything that you just said, something I said earlier, it would make the offense nearly unstoppable. But what were you going to do with those resources otherwise? And what does that not allow you to do now as, um, as a result? Like, does this mean that you're running with a relatively unproven offensive line alongside Trent Williams? Does it mean, you know, you're saying goodbye to Jimmy Ward and you're going to try to sign, you know, Tayshaun Gibson on the cheap again and, and hope that he holds up for another year. And you're going to have uh, a Lenore as your second corner. Are you saying bye to Emmanuel Mosley? Like that's also where this part of the conversation comes in again. I'm, I'm not saying I wouldn't go after Lamar Jackson, but it, it's not just Lamar Jackson or not. Lamar Jackson is Lamar Jackson, or would you want pieces elsewhere? Um, So that that's also part of this conversation. And I, I tend to agree with you. I'm not sure that Kyle Shanahan would feel comfortable putting that much money into his quarterback while he would love to have a quarterback of Lamar Jackson's abilities, considering he's never had one as a head coach near that level. He'd love that, but I'm not sure he also wants to, you know, skirt around the edges elsewhere. Um, so we'll see how they do go after it. Of course, they're going to do their due diligence. They they do for every one of these situations. Um, but I wouldn't be shocked if they come to the decision that it's not worth chasing, even if they feel they have a, a, a slight chance because that they know that they can spend that money and really help this team in other ways. And then of course, if the, the whole Purdy situation comes into play as well, obviously, but, There is an other side to just the Lamar or no Lamar. You're also talking about saying no to other potential players that you could be bringing in. No
0: doubt. This is the 415ers 415ers podcast brought to you by Odyssey Sports Podcast Network, 95.7 The Game. Uh, Go follow Mark on social at Mark Granny, Mark with a C, Granny with an I. You can follow myself at EGiddings10. Follow the 415ers at 415ers on Twitter and Instagram. Okay, Mark, well, you know, to Lamar, to not to Lamar. That's not really the question here. Like that's not <laughs> the 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 question again is do the 49ers get aggressive or do they remain passive in free agency? And I realize that a lot of this is contingent upon the surgery on Friday that happens to Brock Purdy, but in my opinion, it should not be. Let me preface this by saying I do not believe the 49ers will get aggressive in free agency, partially because of how much money they have to spend partially because how good the roster is and partially because of the quarterback situation that although people may bat their, their eyes at, I think Kyle Shanahan does have confidence in, but they should get aggressive in free agency. That does not mean going out and signing Lamar Jackson. That does not mean going out and signing a big name free agent for top dollar. The most money they're going to hand out this off season will and should be to Nick Bosa. However, I do believe that what we saw last year means that there is room for improvement specifically in the trenches and getting aggressive. Doesn't mean you have to hand out a five-year deal. What, what it means is that I would like to see that money that people are hypothetically throwing around the quarterback position, be invested into the right tackle spot, be invested into the, to the defensive line, even being invested potentially in, into a boomer bust member of the secondary, I would love to see the 49ers get aggressive for potential talent that can add to the depth and even the impact at the starting positions across the board. I don't think it'll happen, but to me, where the 49ers didn't necessarily strike out last off season. I mean, they went out and they got Charvarius Ward. That was a huge impactful signing. I think that is not likely to happen this off season, but it should because we can see where the 49ers have struck gold in the past before. And I think it could pay dividends this year, especially if it is at a position of need, which we saw last year in the NFC championship was on the defensive and offensive line. You
1: no, know, I'm with you. And I would add to the defensive and offensive line. It's the, the defensive secondary as well. I know you mentioned Charvarius Ward, maybe not another top flight corner, um, but the Niners are relatively weak as well. And we've talked about this a lot. Uh, Emmanuel Mosley seems like it it makes sense, considering the Niners might get a bit of a discount. And they've been According very happy. According to Nick Mosa, he might already be coming back. Yeah. Um, but, you know, th- that, that could be an option there. But then the question becomes, okay, Jimmy Ward, uh, are you going to bring back, you know, Who's going to be playing safety alongside Talanoa Hufanga? That's a real question for the 49ers as well. And there are a lot of really good players out there that that fit those positions. I mean, you talk about on the defensive line, uh, Javon Hargrave, who helped wreck the NFC Championship game in favor of the Eagles against you just you know a month and a half ago or so. He's been really good for the Eagles. He's 30, but if you're talking about shorter term contract that could fit Daron Payne even younger at 25 a defensive tackle he's a free agent from the commanders um, offensive linemen specifically at the tackle position the Kansas City Chiefs made a little bit of news earlier last week when they decided not to franchise tag Orlando Brown he's a right tackle that would be a fantastic fit um, but I mean, all those guys are going to cost a lot of money. I mean, they're good players, and they're going to demand a, a, a lot of money, and they are going to be a lot of teams after them. So it, it comes back to the question, if you're watching along on YouTube, at the bottom there, will the Niners be aggressive or will they be passive? I, I tend to think that obviously they're going to want to get high-quality talent but i'm not so sure that they're willing to to shovel out all these gigantic contracts and, and all these is probably an exaggeration i'm not sure they're willing to to even give out one giant contract to one of these top you know free agents we'll probably see them you know maybe get an, a name or two from from the second tier of free agents not not one of those big names that i mentioned it doesn't seem to be the niners way generally to go after those big talents and be willing to give out big money. Now, we've also talked a lot about how the Niners have kind of changing, uh, changed their philosophy a little bit. Well, you and I were both shocked they pulled the trigger on the Christian McCaffrey trade because it it signaled really for the first time in the Shanahan era a willingness to say – F them picks. Let's go after this. Let's get the star. We have a championship window. Let's try to take advantage. So maybe that mindset is still in their heads and they're still willing to do that and say, you know what? We have a fantastic team. We need to put all of our chips into the middle of the table and take a chance. So maybe this is them, you know, kind of changing their mindset and, and changing the way that they think about building football teams. And maybe we see that this offseason, but I'm a little hesitant. I'm not so sure we will see them uh, be aggressive in the sense of giving out a gigantic contract. Maybe they they make some waves and sign a handful of players, but some lower level free agents. But in terms of one of those big can't miss guys, that's going to get a lot of money per year and a lot of guaranteed money. I'm not so sure that's on the table for the 49ers.
0: No, but I think that's also kind of the the needle that they threaded with Charverius Ward. Now he was making, you know, a, a sizable amount of money for a secondary member. You know, around 10 million dollars a year. That was you know, not an insignificant contract that they handed out. But a couple of guys at each of the spots that we're talking about that that catch my eye, I would say one of them would be someone that you know, you're probably gonna have to pay the other to me that there are some boomer bust prospects within this free agency agency class. And so if we're looking at first, the offensive line, Orlando Brown is, is absolutely one that, that I would look at, but like you mentioned, is probably out of their price range. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons chose not to re-sign a franchise tag, Kayla McGeary, who was mm. quietly a very good right tackle last year for them. And from his PFF grades, looks to be pretty consistent, or at least he's coming off a, a good year. And might be an opportunity for San Francisco to sign it below, say, an asking price for Mike McGlinchey, who people are also considering the 49ers bringing back. When you're looking at the defensive line, that's where it gets a little bit more mucky at defensive end. To me, someone like Marcus Davenport for the New Orleans Saints, who has had really an up and down uh, career, even going back to college, would be a guy to potentially look at, along with the Arizona Cardinals, Zach Allen who they chose not to re-sign and is going to hit free agency. To me, those are two guys that are not big, sexy names, but do bring talent to the table and I believe can play quality football if they're not asked to be every down 17-game starters. At the cornerback position, a guy like – I know he's coming off a good year, but he is 33 and potentially attainable, and that would be Patrick Peterson, who is in his his prime, pound for pound, one of the best cornerbacks I've ever seen – I know for the Vikings, he was kind of iffy down the stretch. Another guy would be kind of a local product, um, and it'd be Marcus Peters. He's coming off an injury for the Baltimore Ravens. That might be a guy who's willing to take a one-year make-it-or-break-it type deal. And so from those six guys, to me, I, I'm not saying that they'll grab any of those, but to me, those are the kind of profiles that I think the Niners will be looking at and not be willing to to offer You know, four or five years, but potentially a two or three year deal in order to, again, just bolster the depth of their team, which we saw kind of break down at the end of last year.
1: Well, yeah, I think that's probably a little more in the 49ers wheelhouse in terms of um, what, what they've done in the past. Like you mentioning some of those older veteran guys that have proven that they they can play great football. Patrick Peterson, Marcus Peters both fit that profile, but they're on the back end of their careers. They've dealt with injuries. No one would say that they're at their peak. Um, you know, generally that was the description for Richard Sherman when he joined the 49ers. Like they have shown that that is kind of what they do. Like it again, it, it's not a perfect comparison, but it does seem to be in that same sort of vein. Um, there are other examples as well, not just Richard, Richard Sherman, but I mean they, they have shown a willingness to go after some veteran guys who have proven in the past that they are elite players but are over the hill just a little bit. you you try to squeeze out one, two more good years max and maybe you get a Super Bowl out of it. Maybe you get a healthy year out of this veteran who has failed to be healthy recently. And I know it's saying a lot for the 49ers considering they can't do that for any of their players, but that that's the hope when you're going after players like this, it's, it's similar to, I don't know if if you're trying to make a basketball comparison, like similar to what the Warriors did with Otto Porter in their championship season. You know, a a player who had been a quality player in the past but has had some down years, and his market was down because of injuries, and teams generally don't believe that he can put together a full season of, of healthy basketball or, in this case, football. So I think that you're right. You're on the right track. That's generally where the 49ers have made their money in the past and it hasn't always worked but you know in the Richard Sherman example that worked really well I mean he was good for the 49ers either they went to the Super Bowl really good not at his peak of course no I mean he, he was playing after an Achilles injury that's really difficult for a corner um, but I, I think that fits more the profile of what the 49ers have shown uh, in the past in past off seasons However, there is still part of me, Evan, that is wondering if the mindset back to the the McCaffrey trade, if the mindset of Shanahan and Lynch has changed and if they're willing, may still look for some of those guys. Maybe they sign one of those guys, but then they're still willing to perhaps give out a little bit more money to a bigger name, a more proven commodity, a guy who they can feel more comfortable relying on because they know that they have a team ready to compete. I'm not convinced but I wonder if there is still part of the 49ers specifically Kyle Shanahan that is thinking that way and, and therefore might be more willing to shell out a few more bucks.
0: Well, in that case, it feels like Mike McGlinchey would be the first guy you'd want to put on the dotted line. Right. <laughs> I mean, he's obviously familiar with your system. I know he's not the best right tackle in the world, but he's pretty good. And like, he, he's probably looking at a $15 million a year con type of contract. I mean, for as crazy as that might sound to some, like he's, He's going to get paid, whether it's because of the market or not. I mean, look, we are talking about how ridiculous it was that Derek Carr, Geno Smith, and maybe perhaps Jimmy Garoppolo are going to be making over $30 million next year. That's just kind of, I know this term's been thrown around a lot this week, but it's the going rate for some positions. And I do think that if the Niners are, at least how I see it, if they're willing to pay for like you said, a known commodity. I do think they would be more inclined as opposed to other franchises to look inward. And so that might include both McGlinchey and Ward to try and bring both them back.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, uh, it, it doesn't seem like that's like that's going to happen. I mean, I know we, we've talked about Jimmy Ward's comments as well. Seems like he might be a little frustrated and maybe wants to move on. Um, I saw him recently, I, I think on Instagram, uh, he liked, or, or maybe he shared a, a photo to a story of him in a Texans jersey. Uh, maybe he wants to reunite with D'Amico Ryan's defensive coordinator. Who knows? It does seem kind of read the writing on the wall that Mike McGlinchey's time with the 49ers is up. Um, and if the 49ers are unwilling to, you know, give McGlinchey the money that that he's going to be asking for and that what other teams will be willing to give. I'm not sure that I believe the 49ers would be willing to go out to a different offensive lineman and give them give him the same amount or more. Now, uh, I know a lot of Niner fans aren't the biggest fans of Mike McGlinchey, but everyone in the Niner's locker room seems to be gigantic fans of Mike McGlinchey. So if they're not willing to do that, would they be willing to give someone else a similar amount? I suppose, you know, maybe the Niners aren't as high on McGlinchey as they've let on perhaps. I don't know, I'm just speculating here. But if they let McGlinchey go, Evan, I'm not so sure they're going to turn around and spend more money on offensive tackle. If McGlinchey's gone, it seems like they're trying to save a little bit of money on the offensive line.
0: Yeah, definitely. And and look, they got a lot of late picks coming up. I know that's not sexy to hear, but they have quite a few third through sevenths. I know they don't have any ones or twos, but they have an opportunity and they have shown that they can cash in on those late round chances, whether it be in the offensive line in the secondary, even the courses we saw last year at the quarterback position. So yeah. I, I do trust the 49ers to make the right financial decision. And, uh, and it looks like they, they probably will. This is the 415ers podcast brought to you by the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network with 95.7 The Game. My name is Evan Giddings. That is Mark Grandy. We're coming at you two times a week in the offseason. Although, Mark, I'm looking forward to this Friday because we might be able to sneak in another emergency pod based on the news for Brock Purdy. Fingers crossed. Hope it's good. But uh, we should be getting you some content this weekend as well, so stay on the lookout for that. Please download, rate, subscribe in order to get that content wherever you get your podcast from. Five stars appreciated. Something else that was kind of fun this week that we we saw Mark was uh Fred Warner went on the Bussin with the Boys podcast which I believe is run by uh football players. So Fred Warner's in his element. He's feeling <laughs> loose and a- at least from what I could tell by the clip that I listened to kind of big be- big be- grudgingly was coaxed out of his top 5 current 49ers list and uh, of course humbly put himself as number 1 although Wait, so Mark, do you know the list? Have you seen the list?
1: Uh, I I definitely saw it, but I don't have it memorized in my, okay. in my head.
0: Then, then before we reveal Fred Warner's list, how would you rank the 49ers this year? Because he did put them one through five. They eventually forced him to do it, and I'm curious what you would rank one through
1: five. Okay, so this is no, in no particular order. I'm just saying names to get them all out oh, there. Oh, you're Fred
0: Warner right now. This is what he did first, and then they, they forced him into one. Th- okay, I, go. Okay, I go, will, go, go, go.
1: Just for the sake of, of me visualizing this all. So the, the people that need to be considered, Trent Williams, Nick Bosa, mm-hmm. Um, I guess you got you. Fred Warner deserves to be considered for this. Yeah, I guess uh, you, you guess. Uh, this podcast. George Kittle, George yeah. Kittle. That's what four so that's far. Four. Um. Oh, McCaffrey obviously deserves to be considered. That's five. And then uh, you already five. Is that it? I mean, I'm I'm thinking of people who need to be considered. Am I missing? Oh, Debo. Does Debo need to be considered? That's six. Uh, that would be the sixth. Mm-hmm. I uh if we're. I think Debo yeah. might be on my outside looking in at, at okay. that top five. Um, I don't know. This is, t- I mean, I guess the point is the Niners have a lot of yeah. incredible talent. Um, uh, I don't know. How would you rank the top five?
0: Yeah. And of course, didn't name Travis Ward who might, who might be up there as well. Yeah. Um, didn't name maybe their best receiver this year. Brandon. I wasn't yeah. on that list. Uh, how would I well uh, unfortunately I know the list but but I would be something similar like my top five would include those six guys you named in some different order it'd be Bosa it'd be Trent it'd be Fred it'd be uh George it would be Chris McCaffrey and it'd be Debo although so a lot of this is of course based off of last <laughs> season but uh let me give you Fred Warner's one through five which right, again it was like. It was like pulling teeth. Like they basically had to you know, torture him into, into separating himself from his teammates.
1: So let me guess, he put himself one, huh? Yes, he did. Yes, okay. I mean, you got to do that. Yeah, I, yeah, I feel like a... you have to. It, it's given. So Fred
0: Warner, number one. Trent Williams, okay, number two, and he added. Sorry, Nick Bosa. Even though you're D- DPOY, you're number three. <laughs> okay, number four, Christian McCaffrey. Mm. Number five. Debo Samuel. Wow. Honorable mention, George Kittle. He
1: left Kittle out of the top five? Kick rocks, George. <laughs> uh, I think for the most part, I, I, it's a good list. I I mean, you know, he put himself number one. We could say whatever we want about that, but you throw that out. Uh, I mean, Trent Williams, Nick Bosa. Trent Greenlaw's
0: a better linebacker. Than Fred <laughs>
1: Trent Williams, Williams, Nick Bosa, and Christian McCaffrey. That seems like a pretty, like, in... in a good order to me. I don't know. One, two, three. I don't know exactly where I'd fit Fred Warner and and George Kittle and Debo Samuel in. What about a quarterback? I think like <laughs> like this is so indicative of the team though.
0: Oh, yeah. Not not to say consider one of their, their guys under center, but it's like the 49ers for as great as they are, do not revolve around the quarterback as much as, of course, everyone makes it out to be. Like internally, like, all right, well, we got the best linebacker in the game. We got the best tackle. We got the best tight end. We got the best run. Let me see. Oh, oh, yeah, I guess a quarterback. No, they don't really make the cut at this point. Top six. Sorry, Brock. Sorry, Trey. Sorry, Jimmy. Hit the
1: pike. At a quarterback, some guy who was playing in the Big 12 last year. Yeah, but I mean, dude, it could be a quarterback next year from the draft that finds themselves in the top eight for the quarter for the Niners. It could be. You're right. I mean, any other legitimate Super Bowl contender in the NFL, like what? There's five or six legitimate NFL Super Bowl contenders. All of them will have their quarterback like number one overall. And the Niners aren't even in the top six, seven, eight you know, best player. Even
0: if you went down the top NFC teams, how many teams would not have their quarterback as their top five member of their team? Like, all right, let's go Eagles. Yeah. Jalen hurts. Yeah. He's in there. Uh, if you want to go uh, Minnesota Vikings, they were the third seed this year. Yeah. Kirk cousins is in the top five of their team, whether you like it or not. Uh, Dallas Cowboys, Dak Prescott, probably in the top five of their team, New York giants, Uh, Daniel Jones, probably in the top five of their team. In terms of money, he is now. That's why he's he's number one. He's big kahuna. That's (laughs) what Daniel Jones is.
1: Yeah, I mean, Saquon got franchise tagged. He's probably a little upset. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's wild. The Niners have been able to accomplish what they have, which still isn't winning a Super Bowl, but doing it without a a high-quality quarterback. I do think it's a little bit of an out for Fred Warner to be asked this question when Jimmy Garoppolo isn't on the roster, you know, that everyone in that locker room loves Jimmy Garoppolo and maybe they would feel obligated to, to throw him on there, but it's easy to just, you know, not mention Brock Purdy or not mention Trey Lance because, you know, really what have they accomplished at the NFL level? It's easy to, to put them off, but I guarantee Evan, let's say this, this, this appearance for Fred Warner on busting with the boys happened Week 10, when Jimmy Garoppolo is in the middle of his good run of play and he came out with this top five and the honorable mention that didn't include Jimmy Garoppolo, we would be talking, oh, my God, Fred Warner hates Jimmy Garoppolo. He thinks he stinks. So I think it's a little bit of a uh, of an easy out for Fred Warner not to have to, to mention a quarterback. But so the, the larger point stands. Uh, just imagine what the Niners could accomplish if they had a top flight quarterback that deserved to be in this top five. It would be uh it would be a sight to behold because <laughs> they're already one of the most talented teams in the NFL and their quarterback position has a giant question mark on it.
0: Which is why to answer your original question. And this is assuming I can't put Kyle Shanahan in my top five 49ers. So <laughs> if we're just looking at the players, I think it would be a pretty similar list. It would be uh, well, number one would be Nick Bosa for me. Number two, would be Christian McCaffrey. Okay. Number three would be Trent Williams. Yeah, I think that's the top three pretty safely. In in, in whatever order you put him yeah. in, I, I think those are their top three guys. Number four would probably be Fred Warner. And number five, I hate to say it, but the best ability is availability. Oh. And this past year, Brandon Ayuk was a go-to guy for that offense okay and as the receiving leader i gotta slot him in in my top five and unfortunately george kittle missed the beginning of the season due to an injury so he had some ground to make up uh but when george kittle was not playing with brock purdy he was a very different player i know he still blocked the same very different receiver brandon iuk was the same with all three quarterbacks i give him some credit for that he runs out my top five
1: that's fair enough. Uh, okay, I'll just I'll do mine just for the hell of it. I'll I'll have Bosa one as well. Uh, but I will go Trent Williams two, and then Christian McCaffrey. Um, I'm gonna go. Huh, I'll go George Kittle four, and Fred Warner five. Yeah. Oh, Fred Warner five. Uh, but yeah, I. It's hard to uh, forget what Debo did a couple of years ago. Now, just incredible, remarkable. One of the most insane offensive seasons in NFL history. Um but wasn't nearly as effective this past year. And I know he was banged up here or there and, and, you know, we've talked a lot about that, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, the larger point still is that the Niners have insane talent. Uh, I respect your Brandon Ayuk, uh, inclusion in the top five. It does kind of get my brain, uh, only for this past year, like, and and maybe that was what Fred was kind of
0: basing his criteria off of was just, like his teammates. And yeah. of course he's he's been there for a long time. So he, he values that sort of longevity. But this was Ayuk's real first breakout year. So I, I could see why obviously anyone would would favor Debo when you're having those conversations.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. It it did kinda of, you including him kind of got my brain working though, because I think there's a really interesting conversation to be had, and I'm probably getting a little bit ahead of myself. Um, it probably does not come up this off much. But there will be a time in the future, Evan, in, in the, the soon future, the near future, when the Niners have to decide if they want to pay and keep Brandon Ayuk. It's it's not coming up this offseason. The general timeline is they do it the offseason before the final year of your rookie deal, which is a year from now for Brandon Ayuk. And with all the money that they owe Nick Bosa with, it, with what they're already paying Debo Samuel, there'll come a time when the Niners have to decide if they want to sign Brandon, I you can keep him, or if they want to let him go, or if they want to try to move off of someone, and that would be hint, hint, Debo Samuel, because you'd be signing a number one receiver and you already have one on your roster. That conversation is going to come at some point for the 49ers. Again, I'm getting ahead of myself, it's not happening this offseason, but just be ready, Niner fans, because that conversation will come at some point.
0: Well, and that's why I'd asked the question in the first place why do you. Spend so much to go on and get Christian McCaffrey. I mean, he does pretty similar things to what Debo Samuel does. I know he's a little bit older, but he's got a better track record. I mean, I'm just saying there are a couple couple pieces, and this is actually why I think their offense is so good is because they have so many guys that do similar things. But when you're talking about, Mark, like what you said of, all right, who do you want to keep and who's on the chopping block – you do then have to evaluate who is a little more expendable than others. And right now I see a couple of guys that do the same things on offense, which makes them so dynamic, but which one does them better?
1: You heard it here. First, Evan Giddings, anti Christian McCaffrey. That's what I'm here. That's the only thing I'm taking away. No,
0: no, 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 no. Whatever you're thinking, flip it around. What that's that's what I'm thinking, Mark. Oh, if you can read between the lines, it's not about it's not about Chris McCaffrey.
1: Well, it's about, uh, he's I mean, not the
0: guy who asked for a trade last season.
1: The the first thing you said was why did they go out and get McCaffrey? I don't know that that seems like you're questioning that move to me.
0: Uh, no. My bigger question is why did you pay <laughs> Debo twenty plus million dollars if you are then going to go out and trade for someone who does everything that Debo does? Only he's done it for a little bit longer and slightly better.
1: Hey, if uh, one is good, two has got to be great. That's all I'll say.
0: I'm with you. That's something we get. We'll, we'll put it in the cap, Mark. We'll, we'll revisit <laughs> it down the line. Uh, but that'll wrap up this episode of the 415ers podcast. Of course, we're coming at you um, potentially later this weekend with uh, a Brock Purdy update for you. So, of course, we'll be tuned into that Friday, March 10th, Brock Purdy, elbow surgery, book it. We're looking forward to it. And then, of course, next week with our free agency episode on Tuesday, negotiations, as Mark mentioned earlier, the episode on Monday, and then free agency is set to start officially when people can put pen to paper on Wednesday. So two episodes coming at you next week, uh, one this weekend. Mark, I appreciate you, my man, and I look forward to it.
1: Yes, sir, Evan. Have a great rest of your night.
0: All right. Take it easy, everyone. You've been listening to 415ers Podcast on the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network.